So we've been spending, if you're a guest with us this morning, we've been spending our summer examining what pattern are we following? What pattern are we displaying? Those two questions have really prevailed the entire summer as as we've talked about studying God's Word, as we talked about disciple-making, praying for those who are spiritually lost, um, how to share our stories. We've walked through all of those this summer with the idea of as we exit this summer, what pattern are you displaying for other people to, to follow and what pattern are you following is it a, is a biblical pattern that you're following or, or is it another pattern and w- two weeks ago we examined what it was to be a part and share our story and I, I was so just keep getting blown away some of you are still sharing your stories with me via email uh, some of you have shared those with me personally but one one church member wrote to me this week and and this person wrote about going through abuse, going through neglect, kind of going from place to place as she was growing up, and then encountering God in just a real way by listening to a a six-hour teaching on the life and the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ and the realization of her, her need for Jesus Christ. But what moved me about this story was the story was incredible, but what moved me is I had a personal interaction with this mom um, during the week this week, and she said, as I was typing that story, I was crying, but it was hard for me to imagine that that was me. It was hard for me to even put myself back in that place and go, that was me? Because of the freedom in Jesus Christ and where she is now. Just awesome to hear your stories and you setting a pattern for other people. But, but I brought something, with you to, brought something with me today, a little show and tell to share with you. Um, this is a, a baseball I've been carrying around, um, so be careful if you doze off this morning. Got a am- ammo? All right, here with me. Uh, but this, this is a really special baseball, and we kind of rediscovered it this week in our home. I'd already put down this sermon illustration, and then this showed up. It was great. Uh, but on this baseball, there are some names. Uh, first of all, there's, there's two initials, and it just says SG, which to most of you means nothing, all right? Uh, but on this, on this baseball, there's, there's seven names written by some little kids, all right? And their names are Rachel, Bailey, Easton, Zachary, William, Jonathan, Timothy. And then there's two letters, SG. 2004 and 2006, we needed as a family for Emily and I, we needed an outlet for us to have spiritual growth, for us to have community, for us to have relationships outside of Sunday morning. I don't get the opportunity very often to, to sit in a Sunday school class or a group during the week. Uh, my schedule just kind of prohibits that. And so we formed and reached out to a couple couples in the church, the Waters and the Carters. And at that time, we had seven children between the three families. And so Every Thursday for almost two years, we met. And it was, with seven kids, every Thursday night was so simple and so easy. There was never any chaos. There was never any fighting. There was never any complaining. No, matter of fact, if there was a Thursday night that it was quiet, one parent had to go figure out why they were quiet, all right? It was one of those situations. But we met for almost two years, and at the end, towards the end of that season of us, we went to a grasshoppers game. We caught a foul ball, and, we, and all the children at that time signed it. But since that time, our group has grown a little bit. We, we, don't, we have not continued to meet in that 11-year, believe that or not, SG folks, all right? There's a 10-year gap there b- between us meeting. But since that time, our group has grown 
There's been two uh, children that have come into our family uh, through one family having two more children, and then four more children have come into that group through adoption um, in that time. And so uh, could you imagine us getting together now? It would be even more chaotic. But I share that with you because in those 11, 10 years since us meeting, we, we haven't met on a regular basis. We, we don't get to hang out very much, very often. We've had high school graduations that have now passed through uh, some of our students and our children and our family. We, we've had children, we've had teenagers, 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 teenagers. And then one of the group families in the group decided to have babies again, which meant diapers again, which meant toddlers again. That's really why we disbanded. We just didn't want to go through that with them, all right? But, but also since that time, almost every family has experienced the loss of multiple family members in, in that 10-year gap. And, and we have also walked through watching our children go to high school and go into college. And while we don't meet every week or hang out all the time, there is never a moment that I doubt that those two men or those two couples are more than a text or a phone call away. Because during that two years, there was a bond that was formed. It wasn't a click. It wasn't the pastor's favorites, which we were accused of 11 years ago, all right? It was what the pastor and his wife and two couples needed. It was called community. And it didn't meet every week since then, but it has formed a relationship. And one of the main reasons some of you are searching for a church is to find community. And one of the main reasons a year from now some of you will not be here is because we did a poor job of helping you find community. That's the reality of church. That's the number one thing you're really searching for. It's not whether or not... Excuse me, it's not whether or not they've got great resources for your children, that's incredible, for your preschoolers, that's great, but we want those relationships, and the reason why, it's because you were born that way. You were given this desire by God to have a relationship with one another. I want to read a slew of scriptures for you this morning. You don't even try to have to look these up. Later on, I can give these to you, or if you're working through the pattern resources, you've already seen these this week. Listen to this. Here's the evidence of a community. Be at peace with one another, love one another, outdo one another in showing honor, live in harmony with one another, instruct one another, welcome one another, comfort one another, serve one another, bear one another's burdens, be kind to one another, forgive one another, submit to one another, admonish one another, which means a loving rebuke, encourage one another, build one another up. Do good for one another, exhort one another, which means to urge, to press, to push one another. Stir up one another in love and good works. Confess your sins to one another. Show hospitality to one another. So I don't want to define community this morning and our need to pattern community for our family and for our children or for our community in larger sense outside of this. I don't want to give you a Webster's Dictionary definition, but instead I want to define it with characteristics from these verses. Forgiveness, compassion, building others up, peace, love, confession of sins, hospitality, welcoming, confrontation if necessary, compassion. That is biblical community. 
That's what biblical community is. And so today, I want to ask you, do you want to live in community or in isolation? Do you desire to live in a community or do you desire to live in isolation? And we're going to contrast that by examining biblical community this morning. Not so much examining isolation. We can figure that out, one out on our own. But what is a biblical community? And let me be the first to say, while the book of Acts gives us a beautiful depiction of the early church and how they got community right, there are also evidence in the book of Acts that show us that they were sinful people and at times they got community wrong. And that's part of the biblical truth for us is to examine, to explore and say, oh, they had a difficulty here. How did they handle it? They had a struggle here. How did they walk through it? And let me just say, there are times, some of you are walking in here this morning with church hurt. And if you weren't here two weeks ago, you can go back and listen to to my sermon, my intro that, that talked about my experience of church hurt. There are times when the community of Jesus Christ gets it right. And there are times when our sinful nature shows up and we don't. But please listen to me this morning. That doesn't make us hypocrites. That makes us human. That makes, doesn't make us a hypocrite. That makes us a human. So instead, why don't we examine what is a biblical community and how are we to be a part of it? Do you desire to live in a community or do you desire to live in isolation? A few things I want us to see this morning in the time that we have. Acts chapter 2. You've got your Bibles. We're going to walk through that this morning. First thing we see is community is transformational. A biblical community is transformational through the gospel of Jesus Christ. Acts chapter 2, verse 42 and 43. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayers. And all came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. Now this church, the early church, had an incredible gift. When Jesus lived on the earth, he had a group of men that traveled with him that he poured into, and they were called the disciples. When Jesus ascended into heaven after his resurrection, they, the power of the Holy Spirit was poured out upon them and the church, and they became apostles. They became the teachers. They began to continue to teach the truths of Jesus Christ and how we are to exist as a church, how we are to exist in our community. They were the teachers of the truth of Jesus Christ. By God's grace, none of those 12 are still here, but by God's grace, we have his word. And by God's grace, we we have his word that tells us from creation to the stories of Jesus Christ to prophecies returning the return of Jesus Christ, we have this evidence It was referred to in verse 42. It says, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship. I just want to be kind of out there in front of you this morning and say this. If you are a guest with us this morning and you are searching for a church home, first of all, let me say, Rich Fork is not the church home for everybody here. God may take you somewhere else. God may lead you somewhere else. And that is absolutely okay. But let me ask you to do this one thing for me, all right? Wherever you go, whatever congregation or community of faith you find yourselves in, make sure that God's word is being taught in its entirety wherever you go. And I don't just mean from the platform. I mean from the kids, the preschool ministry, 
to the children's ministry, to the student ministry, to the adults teaching this taking place, in all those aspects, please, as you're evaluating a church, don't leave the church because it's not your style. And don't shift churches because it's not kind of your thing. Examine first and foremost, if God's word is being taught faithfully from preschoolers all the way up, lock in and realize you're in a group of people, they're going to make mistakes, they're going to have sinful traits that are going to come out, but you're a part of a biblical community. And I believe that biblical community wins out because of the teaching of God's word. This is what they hinged their gatherings on. Today, Man, as you're thinking about that, as you're examining churches, there is so much that is far greater than, than how we worship as far as a style or what the paint color looks like or if you got greeted on the way in. I'm serious. Is this word being preached in its entirety where you attend? If it's not, run. If it is, stay. Dig your heels in and be a part of that biblical community. That attribute is transformational to your lives and to your homes, to your families, and to the community that it's around. Community is transformational. It's community is transformational also because they fellowship together. There's something amazing about sitting around the table with a group of friends and family and sitting in a room and laughing together, crying together, going through difficulties together. There's something amazing that takes place. Friendships forms. We share experiences. We share our stories, our backgrounds. And you're not gaining an acquaintance in that moment. You're gaining an advocate to walk through life with. And you need it. You need it to walk through this life with, with the temptations that are all around us, you need community that is transformational. It's also transformational because they pray together. I love when people express to me that they're praying for our church, they're praying for those without Jesus Christ. There's some that are praying for you right now as you worship this morning. They're praying for this time of worship that we're gathered together. Community is transformational when it teaches God's word, when it's filled with biblical fellowship and prayer. But community is also transformation when it models love for one another two verses that are always really difficult to to preach and talk about are found here in acts chapter 2 verse 44 and 45 it says and all who believed were together and had all things in common they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need we worked through this as a passage as a staff and, and it's difficult to live out these two verses, to show this type of love and community for other people. But one of the things we need to do when we read through Scripture and we read through something like this is we need to allow the context. What's happening in Acts chapter 2 needs to define what we're reading in Acts chapter 2. Very quickly, let me just say this. The early church experienced its launch, experienced its explosion at a time when thousands upon thousands and thousands of guests came into the city of Jerusalem for a time, a specific religious ceremony called the Feast of Pentecost. So thousands of people had come into the town to to celebrate their Jewish heritage. But during that time, 
The power of the Holy Spirit showed up. The apostles began teaching. Thousands of people began to give their lives to Christ to transition from a, a religion of bondage into a religion of freedom. And so now all this new teaching is coming their way. And so what they did was they stayed. Now, can you imagine if thousands, imagine Furniture Market comes to Thomasville and everybody that comes to Furniture Market decides to hang out here for a lot longer than they were planned to. Some of you would go, oh, it would be terrible, all right? In Jerusalem, all these folks begin to come to town and they begin to give their lives to Christ by the thousands. And so what they did is they stayed with fellow believers. They found lodging with other believers. Other believers even went to the point of selling their land in order to help other believers financially Initially, while they're staying there, hanging out with them, spending time with them, feeding them, loving on them so they can grow in their faith. Now, I know what some of you are thinking. Great, I don't live in the Feast of Banquets. I don't live in that moment, the Feast of Pentecost. So I don't have to do this, right? No, you still have to do it. But it looks different for us. The circumstances surrounding this passage made it absolutely necessary for the church and early believers to give, to love, and to serve one another in a way that culture had never seen. And it defined the church. It defined the church in, within biblical history, but outside of biblical history. People were wondering, what's happening to these people? They're giving, they're loving, they're caring. We are still called to be those people, to show love. We, we need to give faithfully, be willing to give to those who have genuine needs. We're to do so with generosity, with willful spirits, Scripture says in 2 Corinthians 8 and 9. It should be viewed as an honor. Community models love. Isolation disables our opportunities for love. You can't love other people in isolation. You can't love people from a distance. You can't be involved in real life, I'm not talking about social media interaction love. I'm talking about real love, face-to-face, with other people. You cannot be shaped by forgiveness and compassion and confrontation and love and grace if being separate from other people's people is your goal. I can't. Biblical community is filled with modeling love for another, but it is also filled with joy and generosity. It says, and day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. As we continue to to study disciple making the rest of this summer, and we continue to study what it is to, to be pattern setters for our world, Would we want to be so prepared that the Lord would add to our numbers day by day by day? That's what biblical community set as a standard for us. As we exemplify the Spirit, as we exemplify love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control that are the fruit of the Spirit that reside in us according to Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 and 23, as we exemplify those elements... Could we get to the point that we come with an expectation every Sunday that we gather of going, the Lord is going to bring those who don't know him Sunday by Sunday, day by day, new story after new story of those who experience the grace of Jesus Christ. 
There's little doubt in my mind that if we, as followers of Jesus, follow the pattern of the fruit in our lives, the fruit of the Spirit that are modeled for us throughout Scripture, the Scripture would say we would find favor with those around us. Sadly, the church doesn't find a lot of favor anymore, does it? The biblical vision of church is not a group of people that just have a gifted pastor or a not gifted pastor or a great worship this or great lights. No, it's defined by a group of individuals who are gifted, who are equipped. According to Ephesians chapter 4, my responsibility is to equip you and our leaders to equip you so that you can go out and serve our community and model biblical love, generosity with joy, with worship. We are called to contribute to a church community. We are called to contribute to a church community. For by grace, Paul says in Romans chapter 12, verse 3 through 7, we're going to be there for a few moments, by, by grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think. Translation, don't be stuck on yourself. It's a nice way that Paul's really kind of elaborating that for us. For by grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think more highly of himself than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. We are never to be a, a community of believers where we compare gifts, where we say, well, they're on stage and I'm not, therefore I don't have, I'm not gifted. Absolutely incorrect. Well, well, well she can sing and I can't. That makes her a better servant. Absolutely not, does not. We are gifted, each one of us. He says, don't, don't elevate yourself above another believer, but according to the gifts that you've been given, the measure of faith that God has given to you. Community allows us to contribute using our giftedness. I love this. The body of Christ allows you to use the giftedness that you have, and you have giftedness in ways that I do not have. I was having a conversation last night uh, with one of you guys at a wedding. I'm not sure which service you're going to be in today. Uh, it was kind of late, so you may not be here, and it was out of town. Uh, but we were having a conversation, and this gentleman was saying, brother, if you need anything done, it's tile work, mill work, wood work, plumbing work, I can do it. And I said, well, if you need to be wed, buried, or a sermon, I got you covered. <laughs> He's gifted like this. I'm gifted like this. May we each see that we are level in the measure of faith that we've been given. And that measure of faith is equal through the grace of Jesus Christ. You are gifted in incredible ways. Romans chapter 12, verse 4 says, For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function. Thank the Lord. So we, through many, though many, are one body in Christ, and individually members one of another, having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. If prophecy, in proportion to our faith. If service, in our serving. The one who teaches, in his teaching. The one who exhorts, in his exhortation. The one who contributes in generosity. The one who leads with zeal. The one who acts of mercy, who has acts of mercy with cheerfulness. When we live in isolation, the gifts that you have are unavailable to others. When you live in isolation, when I live in isolation, the gifts that God has given me are unavailable to others. 
and also what we lack is unattainable. We'll look at the last portion of that as we get close to concluding this morning. But this first part, the gifts that we have, if you are not a part of a biblical community and you're on the fringes, know this, the ways that God has gifted you to be a part of the biblical church is missing. And let me just say, you're missing. We're missing you. If you're not a part of an active community of believers, then the community is missing your giftedness, your skills. We have folks in this church, I'm just going to give you a few, that can build, that can craft in, in a whole host of ways, that are artistic, that can run cable, that troubleshoot internet issues so that you can get on a Wi-Fi and check on Facebook while I'm preaching, all right? Care for children. You write choreography for 100 kids impossible for me to do that create graphics set lights visit the sick make meals for the grieving disciple other believers with compassion and truth teach the bible in a variety of settings speak truth into the lives of others coordinate gatherings feed hundreds some of you can feed 100 people and it's not a big deal plan strategically be creative teach adults greet in a golf cart carry a burden to pray for the staff and communicate that over and over and over to us lead mission trips take other people all the way around the world prepare to keep us safe as we worship in this environment be ready to help you medically clean up after you lead worship for you honestly this is just a few of the gifts and the talents that god has given you that are being used every single time that we gather Oh, and there's a preacher. You see that? You see that? Put that in line and go, all those things take place so that we have this time of gathering on a Sunday morning. I'm not, please don't hear me this morning as I walk through this message on community. I'm not begging you to join Rich Fork. I'm not begging you this morning to join Rich Fork. This place, as I've said already, is not for everyone. But the writer of Hebrews calls believers to be a part of, of a fellowship. If you say, well, pastor, I'm not just not into your size church or that size church, or I just, I worship at home. It's not biblical. You are called to be a part of a regular gathering of fellow believers. It's what you're called. Your gifts are available. Your gifts are used in that context, but also here's where the rubber meets the road. When we live our lives in isolation, the gifts we have are unavailable to others, and what we lack is unattainable. And what I mean by that is the things that you are missing in your life, the flaws that you have in your life that need to be honed, the characteristics that you have that need to be gone, those will never be honed in isolation. Those will never be addressed. The temptations that you keep falling to over and over, they'll never be addressed while you put yourself in a little pocket of isolation. It will never be attainable for you if we live in isolation. When we're involved in an honest community, we're pushed, we're prodded, we're challenged, we're confronted, we're offered forgiveness, we experience truth. But when we disengage from the group, we say things like this. I don't need to be accountable. Or, I mean, if I go to church, why do they get to come to me and talk to me about things in my life? They're just another person like me. I don't have time to go to church. I wasn't getting thing, anything out of it anymore. Or it just wasn't my thing. I could give you a list of about 30. 
And most of the time, not all the time, most of the time, those are little statements of saying, I'd rather live in isolation, not in community. And the gifts that you have are not being used, and what you need in your life spiritually is unattainable when we isolate ourselves. Again, if you've been wounded by church, so have I. But that doesn't make the commands of Scripture wrong. That doesn't make the commands of Scripture for you to be a part of a biblical community no longer applicable to your life. We cannot contribute to community if we're not a part of one. Galatians chapter 6, verse 1 and 2 says this, Brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Keep watching yourself, lest you too be trapped, tempted. Bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. You see here, here's a picture. Community, at times, it is full of that love that we spoke of. But in that love, there are times when community should deliver confrontation combined with restoration. You see that in this passage, uh, verse 1 says, you who are spiritual, restore him. Don't just leave him where they are in their transgression, in their sinfulness, in their brokenness, but bring them forward into restoration with gentleness, with love. Church and community should deliver at times confrontation. Combined with restoration, it builds the kingdom. I know that's an uncomfortable part of community. I know that's a part that we want to dance around and figure out our way out of. But notice what also he says in verse 2. He says, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. If I'm called to confront a fellow believer in sin, I'm also called to restore them, and I'm also called to carry that burden with them. Being a part of a community should help us carry our burdens instead of leaving us to carry them alone. Instead of saying, you, you got this. Go figure it out. No, I'll walk this journey with you. I'll carry this burden with you. You've got to do your part. You've got to do your studying. You've got to do your preparation. But I'll carry this burden with you in my confrontation, in my restoring you with gentleness. I'm going to bring you to that point. This is community. This is biblical community. And it's a pattern that our world definitely needs to see. They need to see a body of Christ that loves one another, that shares its gifts with one another, that realizes we don't have it all figured out and we need each other. Back to our initial question. Do you desire to live in community or isolation? Do you want to be a part of a place, part of people and their lives, full of love and forgiveness, at times confrontation, Handling with gentleness, support, encouragement, failures, walking through that journey, through disappointments, through pain. And those areas in your life that you know that need to be examined, do you just want to keep on hiding in those? Do you desire community or isolation? I want to challenge you this morning. To, to answer a final question. Are you a part of a Christ-centered community? 
Are you a part of a Christ-centered biblical community where you can grow in these things that we've examined this morning? Let's pray.